QP Nation. QP Sports Exchange is back on the air. It's your host, Vince. We are excited because of the fact that we are in the midst of the madness. It's been a great tournament so far. We will get to it a little bit later. Let me give you a little rundown on what is coming on the show today. We're going to have some injury news on LeBron and LaMelo and how that affects the playoffs. I have some thoughts on the Timberwolves and ownership. We have a ton of trade rumors and my thoughts on those. And then I have thoughts on the madness and all the Cinderella's that are still dancing. It's not 12 yet for the Cinderella's. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Now, what we're going to do is I've been using this format this time to kind of give you a glimpse into me, a glimpse into my family, a glimpse into what goes on at Casa QP Sports Exchange, Casa Question Point Pod Network. And um, today, we're going to talk about, today would be my sister's 34th birthday. And unfortunately, she succumbed to uh, drug addiction um, back in January 3rd of 2018, precisely at 632. That's when I got the call. And the reason why I bring this up is because of the fact that I do not want anybody else to suffer the same fate that she did. So I use this, even though it's painful for me, I use this because I want people who are struggling, people who do not have a lot of hope. I want them to hear my voice and I want them to have hope. What I'll tell you is that my sister struggled with uh, meth and heroin probably from the time she was 18. She got cleaned up for about three or four years and then she went back to it and she went into the streets and stayed and in and out of rehab and all of that. What I want to tell you is what I used to tell her. There's always a way back. I don't care how bad you get. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how hopeless it seems. There's always a way back. And there are a lot of people out there that are willing to lend a helping hand. Hell, I'll tell you right now. Hit me up on Twitter, QPP Network, on Instagram and Facebook, Question Point Pod Network. And I will try to help you get to some sort of facility. Um, and the reason why I say this is because everybody, every last person is redeemable. Every last person has value. Every last person has a little niche in this world. And you might feel alone. You might feel in, you're in a dark place. You might feel that this is absolutely tearing you apart and you just don't see a way back and I'm here to tell you there is so get help if you don't know how to get help reach out to somebody who can who maybe is thinking clear right now and they will help you get to some sort of 
facility. Um, I have mentioned on many occasions that I am a graduate of the Long Beach Rescue Mission. You know, I'm a graduate. I was homeless. I do struggle with alcoholism. I've been four years sober, but I've struggled with it. I drank for 30 some odd years, put myself in a lot of perilous positions, but there's always a way back. Now, drugs are a little bit harsher and they take their toll on you, but I will still tell you that there is always a way back. And if you're out there struggling, I just want you to know that here at QP Sports Exchange, we hear you cry. And uh, we're going to use this day as a day of celebration. 322 is not a day of being down. It's not a day of um, sorrow. It's a day of rebirth because I choose. And keep in mind when I say that word again, I choose for this day to be a day of celebration. I choose for this day to be a day where we pivot to light instead of dark. I choose for this day to mean more than just a young female dying on a rooftop. This is a day of the rest of your life. This is a day of gaining control over your life and making the best of it. So there is help, there is hope, and like I said, I will use my social media to help you. So keep in mind, QPP Network on Twitter, Question Point Pod Network on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Let's see, anything else that we kind of need to talk about? Well, again, listeners, thank you very much for your support. Thank you very much for your downloads. And we're going to get to this pod because we got a ton of stuff to get to. So without further ado, let's get to the pod, man. So, this was a tough week in the association for injuries to stars, and we're going to lead with that. Major injuries is where we will start. Lakers forward LeBron James left the Atlanta Hawks game with a high ankle sprain when Solomon Hill of the Atlanta Hawks dove into LeBron's lower leg. It was a hustle play, but LeBron has a high ankle sprain. So, he's out at least for four weeks. And um, that situation, you know, it's tough because, you know, the Lakers don't have a lot of depth. Uh, Anthony Davis is already out. And they are in the three slot. Here's the thing. As long as the Lakers are healthy in the playoffs, I don't care. Um, I would like for them to still be either in between the one to four seed, 
you know, that would be my preference is that they're in there. But if they're intact and they're healthy, and I think there are moves to be made for them, and we'll see how it all goes. But right now, LeBron James out with a high ankle sprain, and the news gets a little bit worse, right? Um, Charlotte's Hornets guard, LaMelo Ball, has a fractured, it says wrist, but it's more in the thumb area, according to ESPN, Adrian Wojnarowski. So it's more in the thumb, like the lower thumb area. Um, he's out for the year as well. Um, which is a shame because he was the absolute front runner for the rookie of the year in the NBA. I mean, I think now with uh, pretty much like 30 games left, I think Tyrese Halliburton will win that award just because of the fact that LaMelo didn't play enough games. And that's tragic because he was playing so well. He had got into the starting lineup. He was definitely affecting games. He was making a positive influence on his team. And they were in the eighth position. So we'll see where this takes them. Um, I will tell you that I believe that this LaMelo injury is a blessing in disguise for the Hornets. And I'll tell you why. Here's the deal with the Hornets. They're in the eighth slot. They just lost their best player. And he's the franchise guy. Let's make no mistake about it. Okay. LaMelo Ball has shown enough to us that he's going to be a problem. And he's going to be somebody to deal with for a long period of time. And for him to go out like that with the season he was having was really rough. But here's the deal. You know, it wasn't like they were going to make a deep playoff run. All right. Um, And I think that. If the Hornets look at this, they have no reason to make a substantial move to make their roster better because of the fact that they were in the eighth position. That means they were going to be in a play-in game anyway. And also, this is such a deep lottery and NBA draft. And I think that with the, the solid wings... In the big, the athletic big men that are available, this is somewhere where, with Lamelo being hurt, your you can actually better your team and you can make a a pretty good jump next year if you get the right guy in a draft. So, listen, prayers up to LeBron James. Prayers up to Lamelo Ball. Man, listen, both you guys have given us tremendous, tremendous play this year. We will miss you a lot. I will tell you right now, my league pass situation with Charlotte is probably, I'm going to watch a little less Charlotte without LaMelo. But I think the future is bright in Charlotte. I don't look at this as a real negative at all for them. I actually look at this as one of those kind of fork in the road pivot points where just by happenstance, they can actually get better and it was no fault of their own. It wasn't like terrible mismanage and he was playing like 43 minutes a game and, you know, they ran him into the ground. It was just dumb luck. And um, 
he'll grow from this. This is a lesson for him. This is one of those things for LaMelo. He can look at it and go, you know, it's not, it's just not given. And for somebody like LaMelo, who's really smart, and I think that's what the thing that a lot of people missed in the draft evaluation is that LaMelo is really, really smart. Not just basketball-wise, but life-wise. He was able to go over to Lithuania and Australia, and I think even if he didn't play well, just the experience and just the life lessons that he learned as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old, being a man, being on your own, doing that sort of thing, is all beneficial to him. So this injury also works out like that, right? It's one of those situations where you can, for him, get stronger because that's one of the things that he's going to have to do so he can start that process a little bit earlier um, because his wrist is hurt, so he can do a lot of leg work right now. Um, So he won't be able to lift right now with the the wrist injury or the thumb injury, as I want to call it. But he'll be able to do a lot of leg work. You know, they'll put him on a on a diet, a conditioning program, and LaMelo will come back next year stronger than ever, and we'll get to see the brilliant play out of him. Now, for LeBron, it's, listen, it's just one of those deals. <laughs> but, like I said, if we can get him back before the playoffs, get him, get the rust off, it'll work out. I'm not really worried about the Lakers. And I'm not really worried about them if they're intact. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. We'll see. We'll see how the playoffs play out, right? All right. So we are going to take a short break because I want to get into some of the trade rumors that are going on out there. But I wanted to clear the injury history and then we can just get into trades in March Madness so we got all the the down stuff out of the way first and now we will move on to the trades so I will be right back Trade season is upon us in the NBA, and we have a lot of do's and notes on that. Just as a FYI, um, we're going to probably have emergency pods if something jumps off that is real significant. Okay, um, if it's not, what we'll do is we'll just kind of tally the trades, we'll break them down. We'll give you some analysis on how that affects the team. And we'll go from there. Um, And, oh, also, keep in mind, if you have a team that you are looking at, whether it's pro, NBA, or college, hit us up. 
at QPP Network on Twitter, on Question Point Pod Network, on Instagram and Facebook, and you know that I will go ahead and knock that out for you. We had somebody write in on Facebook the other day for Football Friday, hashtag Football Friday, and, um, you know, we broke it down for them. They wanted some information, and we did it. And we could do the same thing for you. This is Who Questions Monday. This is what we do. We break down information. But it all starts with you. So get interactive with me. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, we can go ahead and talk about your favorite team. So with that being said, let's get into these rumors. There are several teams are pursuing the Pelicans guard Lonzo Ball. Some of the teams that are in hot pursuit are the Atlanta Hawks, the Chicago Bulls, the Los Angeles Clippers, the New York Knicks, and also the Warriors, and also the Mavericks. So there are like seven teams looking at them. There are many trades out there with different variations of players to give ball. Now, he's a restricted free agent next year, so Pelicans don't know if they want to keep him. Um, They haven't made that decision yet. Um, I will tell you that Zion Williamson um, really likes Nikhil Alexander, so I just want that to be out there. So if you see this trade go down, you know, understand that Zion is a big fan of Nikhil Alexander. So he's the backup too in uh New Orleans. He also can he's a combo. He can play point and the two. Kind of what Lonzo's doing right now. I will say this Lonzo is playing great. He is really his value, that's why a lot of teams are after him, because his value has jumped significantly. Over the last couple months, he shot the ball well from three. He's like 42% there. Um, obviously, he's a defensive, uh, you know, a defensive player as well. So, I mean, these are valuable tools that he has working for him. And that's why a lot of teams are excited to try to acquire him. The whole thing is, is what is his value in the sense of him being a restricted free agent? Okay, that is the key to this whole deal. So we'll see what the packages are. Um, And like I said, if something breaks, Lonzo's big enough where if something breaks, we will hit you with an emergency pod on that. But I think New Orleans is looking for a first at least, and they're looking for a young player back. I think what they want to do is they want to kind of turn back the clock, right? You got Lonzo, who's coming up on restricted free agency. So if they can get a big or if they can get a guard that's like in year two of their contract, so that means they have a couple more years to evaluate that guy. It just so happens with Lonzo, this is the year that he turned it on. And it's such a short sample size with New Orleans I think they just want it to be feel very comfortable with being able to give him the contract. Now, if your scouts, your pro scouts are looking at Lonzo saying, hey, what he's doing right now is repeatable and it's consistent, 
I don't see how New Orleans doesn't sign him and he's off the trade market. But there's there's so much rumors going on with him that you get the feeling that New Orleans doesn't feel that way. And this would be real easy. If he was that valuable to the franchise, when people call, they would be like, um, no, we're not trading him. We're not doing it. So if you're calling us about Lonzo Ball, if you're calling us about Lonzo Ball, don't bother. Now we can talk to you about J.J. Redick, and we can talk to you about other pieces, but we're not going to talk to you about Lonzo Ball. So if they really felt that way, that's what it would look like. All right. Now, this is kind of a trade rumor, and also this is going to be kind of where the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise is. The Minnesota Timberwolves are phone wrestling with the Atlanta Hawks over a trade for John Collins. John Collins, the forward from Atlanta, he's averaging about 18 points a game, 9 rebounds. Um, he's averaged like 21 and 10 over his career. Uh, he's excellent forward. He can play some center for you. So small ball center. He's very athletic. He can shoot the three. He can dunk. Um, he has a little bit of not playmaking skills, but he can get to the rim on his own. You know, it's not like you have to drop it off in the dunker spot and then, he can dunk it. He actually has some moves to get to the basket when he needs to. It's more straight line than anything else, but he does have the actual ability to do it. Now, let me tell you what's going on with this because this is a whole thing, okay? Now, what Atlanta wants in return is Minnesota guard Malik Beasley. <sighs> Minnesota, y'all are so messy. I mean, it's so crazy to me. You alienated the most decorated T-Wolves in franchise history. You know, it's a public issue with the owner, Glenn Taylor and Kevin, and Kevin Garnett. You know, it's just ugly. You know, it's like your franchise is stuck. They make moves that you just sit there and you just go, I don't know why. They're doing that. I really have no clue why they're doing that. All right. So let's get back to Malik Beasley and John Collins. Malik Beasley has been suspended for 12 games um, without pay because there was a incident earlier uh, in 2020, actually on September 27th, where there were threats of violence that includes guns, one of the guns, was stolen. Beasley is averaging 20 points a game. Here's the thing with that deal. Um, Beasley has like a 120-day sentence um, that he has to serve when the season's over for him. And uh, this charge was pretty serious. Nothing actually happened. Um, there were some narcotics involved. So it was just messy. You know what I'm saying? He's suspended right now, not playing. Minnesota's not going anywhere, so him, Beasley not playing does not hurt them right now because they're trying to chase down that number one pick so they can get Kay Cunningham or Evan Mobley or 
Jalen Green from the uh, G League Ignite. So that's not hurting him. But here's the thing. Malik Beasley is such a duplication for them. And with all his off-court situations. Now, here's the thing. He's a very productive player. He's awesome. He scores fairly easily. He's averaging, like I said, 20 points a game this year. Uh, so he gets buckets. But when you have Ricky Rubio, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Jalen Knoll, and Josh Okogie, tell me why you need Malik Beasley with the baggage that he has. If he was just Malik Beasley giving you 20 points a game, you throw one of those other guys in the mix, not Anthony Edwards. So calm down, Twin Cities. And by the way, shout out to Scott Foster. All right? that's He used to be my pastor at Bethany Church. Shout out to Scott Foster. He's now living in Minnesota. Love you, dude. Miss you. I'm going to hit you up on um, social media within the next couple of days to tell you that you are on QP Sports Exchange. But I just don't understand the deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves. You got all these guards. Now, here's the thing. Their defense is terrible. John Collins would help them with that. And it would give you a tremendous one-two punch with Carl Anthony Towns. So here's a chance for you to upgrade your defense. It wasn't like Malik Beasley was a defensive stopper. You're committed to Anthony Edwards, so it's not like Malik Beasley is going to be able to start for you. Right, Because when D'Angelo Russell comes off of injury, he's going to get his starting point guard back, right? So you have a chance to get John Collins, and you're going to uphold, you're going to hold up the trade because Malik Beasley is in it. He's untouchable. Why? Why, Minnesota? They have made some really weird moves, starting with the coach getting fired, have no problem with that, but then immediately signing a new coach to a long-term deal. I understand that the GM has a history with them. The optics look bad, especially with um, the assistant head coach sitting on the bench. That can't be comfortable at all, right? Hey, just so you know, I'm really happy. I'm going to support you. Um, head coach, so don't worry. I was just sitting here being the assistant head coach. They didn't even think about me as a possible interim possibility whatsoever. Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum caped up for this dude and said, yo, he helped develop one of the strongest backcourts in the NBA right now, which is Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. And it just doesn't make sense. But this goes along with it, right? Taylor, the owner of the team, alienating the probably the best player that has played for Minnesota in Kevin Garnett. You're hiring coaches in the middle of the season to long-term deals. And Malik Beasley is untouchable. All this sounds like nonsense. It just sounds like it's absolute chaos and craziness. And this is why Minnesota, unfortunately, 
you can't have good things. You are not allowed to have good things at all. <clears throat> T Wolves have 11 team guards. That's right. I said it. They have 11 team guards. And it just, and then one of the guards that they're not willing to give up is toting guns and getting caught with narcotics during the, uh, before the season. Like, right, be, you know, well, what, a couple months before the season. It's just crazy to me. And John Collins would be such an asset to that team. And D'Angelo Russell and uh, D'Angelo Russell in particular would be good for him because D'Angelo can pass. And he is not afraid to pass. So I just don't get it. But we'll find out. We'll see how it all goes. Maybe this is just them staring at one another and whoever blinks is going to get this deal done or not get this deal done. So... I will keep you up to date on that situation. But memo to owners, owner Glenn Taylor, it's your franchise, right? You can do with it what you will. You can sell it to KG. You can not sell it to KG. You can partner with whomever you want to partner with or not partner with whomever you want to listen I'm not trying to tell you how to spend your money. I'm not trying to tell you how to run your franchise. I'm telling you from the outside in, you look like a joke. Get yourself together. Get KG back in the fold. Because here's the other thing. He's the tie. You know, he's the cornerstone of your franchise in the sense of he's the one that's tied to your glory years. And he's not allowed in the target center. Glenn Taylor. Get yourself together, man. Alright? Figure out what the heck is going on. But this petty little thing that you got going on with KG. Who gave your franchise so many good years when your team sucked. You owe him a little bit better than that. Now, I'm not saying you owe him a piece of the franchise. I'm not saying that you need to sell it to him. I'm not saying that he needs to be part of the ownership group that actually gets him. You don't have to sell your team at all, Glenn. All you need to do is mend fences with the most decorated player in your franchise history. That's what you need to do. You need to have a lot of Kevin Garnett nights. And you need to have a lot of video board action with Minnesota Timberwolves greats. And he needs to be part of that package. So, Glenn Taylor, get yourself together. Golden State is actively shopping Kelly Oubre Jr. The Warriors are looking at about $139.4 million in contracts that are wrapped up in Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green. Kelly Oubre will also have to take a, back, a backup role next year when Klay Thompson gets back, coming off the injury. So they're looking to move him. And... Because he's a free agent next year. Now Kelly Oubre started off the year very poorly. But now he's starting to show who and what he is. He just needed to get comfortable in the offense. And he needed to get comfortable with the quality of players that he was playing with. 
Now, Kelly Oubre Jr. has a lot of value. Okay? A lot of value. So, we'll see where this goes. I'm sure before the trade deadline, they're going to get off of him. Now, what they get back in return is going to be interesting. So, I want to see what Golden State does with this little piece that they have. I'll be really interested to see what they're able to do with it. They're the team that kind of scares me with what they could do. Because Ugre's salary is just enough to kind of get you into that range where you can get a really good, effective player and possibly another solid piece to your team going into next year. And that's what Golden State wants, right? They want to get back to the strength in numbers. They got lottery picks coming up next year. They got Minnesota's pick. Hey, Minnesota, you didn't know you were going to get this kind of run on the program, right? Shots out to the Twin Cities. Shots out to the home of Prince. Morris Day. Love Morris Day. That was great. Nobody can tell me about Morris Day. Love that dude. He killed me in that movie, Purple Rain. So, Kelly Oubre Jr. is on the trade market, and we will see where he goes within the next couple of days. I don't know how active the trade market is going to be. I hear a lot of rumblings about stuff, but I'm not hearing like, oh, yeah, that's going to happen. That's a done deal. So, we will monitor that situation very closely. Now, the Raptors are looking for a sniper in return for Kyle Lowry. The six-time All-Star guard um, is rumored to be traded, but we don't know what the actual availability of Kyle Lowry is. Here's the problem. There's $35 million in cap, okay? That's a big chunk of change to get off of unless somebody is going back valuable in return, okay? Now, one of the teams that are rumored to be in the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes is the one Miami Heat. Now, they're involved with Lowry, but here's what the Raptors are wanting from them. They're wanting one of the snipers, either forward Duncan Robinson or guard Tyler Hero back in return. I don't know. I don't know if you want to do that. I I just don't know. Not for I love Kyle Lowry, but I'm not I'm not giving up like picks, young players for like a 34, 35 year old dude. I'm just not doing it. And Kyle Lowry is great. Kyle Lowry on the right team would be great. But if you're Miami, I don't know if that's a guy you want to get and have to give up stuff, real stuff, you know, things that are integral to what you do now as part of the deal. Now, Philadelphia, on the other hand, they got young players. They got a Tyrese Maxey. They have um, some salary cap filler that can get them to Cal Lowry. And they have picks. So, to me, they're the cleaner of the teams that could get Kyle Lowry. Plus, he played at Villanova. 
you know, it's kind of like a coming home type situation for Kyle Lowry. He's such a good dude. He's such a good leader. And I'll tell you what, if you look at the Clipper situation and you look at Kawhi Leonard and see the struggles that he's having, Kawhi Leonard, quite as kept, is not a great leader. Now, he's a great player. He's not a great leader. And it just so happens that, you know, he didn't make the finals last year. And he's probably not going to make the finals this year. And what are the Clippers looking for, by the way? They're looking for a point guard. You know why? Because all this three-point shooting, outside shooting, not getting to the foul line, you need a point guard that can help facilitate and get into the lane or get the ball to its playmakers in really good positions so they can go to the hole and get fouled, get in once. So the Clippers are looking for point guard help on a real level. But it'll be interesting to see what the Raptors do with Kyle Lowry. Now, we're not done with Canada. What's up, Justin Schwartz? Justin, what's up, baby? I'm definitely giving you a shout-out on QP Sports Exchange. That's my dude. We worked together in uh, Boston for a long period of time. Now he's in Canada living life. So he is part of We Are the North. Justin Schwartz, shout-out to you, baby. The Raptors are also receiving calls on guard Norman Powell, UCLA Bruin. You know what we do, eight clap all day. Now, Norman Powell is having a great season. He's averaging 19.6 points a game while shooting 44.8% from the land of three. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of buzz around him. And here's the thing. His salary is great. $11.94 million dollars. Easy to go off of. I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm Toronto, that's the guy I'm trading. And I want a boatload for him. You're giving me picks and you're giving me a young player. That's what I want. Because see, cheap shooting wings that play good defense are hard to come by. The Lakers could use Norman Powell. I'm a home for my squad. You know, you know what you're getting with QP Sports Exchange and the host. I'm a Laker fan, so I'm going to give it to you. I would love to have Norman Powell. That would be definitely somebody that could help our squad. But if I am Toronto and I'm looking at this and I'm looking at my team and I'm looking at what I have and what I don't have, I'm going like this. I'm like, yeah, there's some, there's some stuff that we can get into with this deal right here. For sure. So Norman Powell could be on the move. And I think he will be on the move. And I'll be really interested to see what Toronto gets back for him. But I would take nothing less than a pick and a really young and up-and-coming player where the salary is low or multiple picks. And maybe just like a flyer on a young player. Somebody buried on the bench. But you're going to give me a lot of stuff back for Norman Powell. That's for sure. This seems to be an annual event. But Orlando's forward Aaron Gordon has been talked about a lot in trade rumors. Every year, man, Aaron Gordon is getting traded. Like every year. It just seems 
And this is why I think he seems like he's been in the league for so long. Even though the dude is like 25 years of age. He's 25. And we like sit here. Like Aaron Gordon's been in the league like LeBron James like 16 years. He just seems like he's been around for a long time. And what it actually is is that we people who are hoop heads, the people who are in the know about basketball, hear Aaron Gordon's name pop up in trade rumors like every year. It doesn't fail. But this might actually be the year that uh, they move on from Gordon. First of all, he has requested a trade. So he said, yo, I'm out. <laughs> you can get whatever you want from me, but I'm ready to bounce. I'm giving you six years of my talents, and we really haven't shown a lot for it. So I would like to go, please. And um, I would like to go as soon as possible. Can you get me out of the Magic Kingdom? Orlando, again, we're hitting you. All right. So here's the other thing. This is why he's in trade rumors every year. Gordon's one of those guys that a lot of teams covet. He's a 6'8", long wing who can shoot it from the outside. He is um, Zach Lowe of ESPN and the ringer is Ryan Rossillo has coined a, a, a new position. It's called a 3.5 guy, and I'll explain it to you. It's a bigger small it's a bigger small forward and a power forward. That's what a 3.5 guy is. So it's not a it's not a 3. It's not a 4. It's somewhere in between but can handle both positions very well. I love that 3.5. That's what we're looking for. That's what everybody is looking for. Everybody's looking for the Je- the new Jeff Green. You know, with more athleticism. Aaron Gordon, that's the guy. That's why Chicago picked Patrick Williams, because he's that guy. He's a 3.5 wing, okay? Everybody wants one. You know, the Lakers got two, Kyle Kuzma and LeBron James. Both of those guys are 3.5 wings, 6'8", 6'9", 225 to 260. LeBron is just a different animal but those are the type of guys that are really valuable in a league because they can you can switch them you can switch them on the big dudes they might not be able to sit there and say listen I'm a guard to 7-2 dude for you know 36 minutes but if you're asking them to guard a 7-2 dude for possession they can do that with help obviously but that is what people are looking for and that's why Aaron Gordon will get traded no problem whatsoever when the trade deadline ends. We expect here at QP Sports Exchange that Aaron Gordon will no longer be in Orlando Magic. So we'll see how that all goes. Suitors for Aaron Gordon. The Nuggets, the Houston Rockets, the Detroit Pistons, the Portland Trailblazers, the New York Knicks, and the Dallas Mavericks. There's a lot of people looking for Aaron Gordon. So we'll see where he ends up. Houston is moving guard Victor Oladipo. His value is very low because he hasn't played great 
but the executives around the league are saying that it only it might only take like a second rounder and maybe a young player, but it's not of anybody of significance. That's how far Victor Oladipo's trade value has fallen. And for some reason, there was a contract extension given to Victor Oladipo by Houston when he first got there. And I believe it was like a two-year extension. And I want to say it was like $42.5 million or forty-seven, somewhere in there. And he turned it down. Now, the reason why he did that is because he would be eligible for four years down the road. He would be eligible for four years in this offseason down the road. Here's the thing. I don't know if he's going to get four years with the way he's playing. So unless he has an uptick in his play within the next couple months, I don't know if he's going to get a four-year deal. Because people want to know that he's healthy. People want to know that that calf injury that he had a couple years ago years ago is done with and is in his rearview mirror. And they want to see him be explosive. And they want to see his maneuverability to look more, at least closer to the 2017-2018 Victor Oladipo. That's his, like, superpower year. Okay, where he just killed it. So that's what everybody's looking at is what Victor Oladipo looks like. And they can't wrap their heads around. I mean, you hear the name and you go, yes, we want that. But when you look at the player, it's like, "Mm, okay, I mean, I'm not giving up a lot to get him. And that's what a lot of execs around the league are saying. I'm not giving up a ton. For Victor Oladipo. And they're smart. Because. Until you see it. And here's the thing. He actually might just need a change of scenery. He might need to go to a team. Like. um, Because he was playing decent in Indiana. And there were like signs. That it was about to get better. He might just need a change of scenery. Get to a playoff team. Get to a team that. Where the games matter. And you might see a different guy just. Just on that alone. Just for the pure enthusiasm of the game. Because games matter. You know. So we'll see how it all goes. So a lot of trade rumors that are out there. There's a lot going on. Like I said to you before. I promised you this. If something big happens in the NBA. After this podcast. We will go ahead and do an emergency podcast. Okay. So if something big happens. You know. Where to come to get the real scoop, to get the real information, to get the real rough, raw information, the analysis that you know you need. You come to QP Sports Exchange. And by the way, hit me up on Twitter, QPP Network, and on Facebook and Instagram, it's Question Point Pod Network. Hit me up with like what you want your team to do. Did your team do enough? And I'll put you on the pod. I will absolutely talk about you and your team on the pod. Who questions Monday, next Monday? Just submit it. Don't be scared. I won't bite. I swear to you. All right? All right. So we're going to pivot and we're going to talk about 
the madness and all the Cinderella's that are dancing because they are dancing. They're doing a lot of dancing and we're going to talk about it in one minute. Y'all know what time it is. It's time for the madness. March Madness is here. Games are going on as we speak. I am super crazy. This is weird because you know how it usually goes. They play the games until Sunday and then Monday through Wednesday is like a little off time. But, you know, with COVID and everything, things change, right? So, we got a lot to get to, and we got a lot to unpack, but what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to keep you up to date with what's going on literally at this second. All right. First and foremost, we're in the middle of this pod. I'm trying to get it done before UCLA comes on, and I'll talk about them towards the end of the show. But here's the one thing that we need to talk about. And we need to talk about the Pac-12 being undefeated in the madness, in March of Madness. Yeah, the West Coast. I understand ACC. Shouts out to Coach T. Shouts out to Milton Chavis. Shouts out to Addison Archer. Shouts out to Braylon McCain. Shouts out to my boys. In North Carolina. Tobacco Road. I know y'all hurting. ACC not looking great. I get it. Down year. North Carolina not doing so well. Duke not even making the tournament. I understand. It's a rough time for the ACC. But you know what? Here on the West Coast. Let me tell you something. I can't be more excited. About the Pac-12 and what they're doing. Because you know how it is, man. I lived in Boston. I know how it is. Okay? Um, You know, I've been in New York City. I know how it is. You know? Shout out to uh, Katie Shaughnessy. She uh she went to, you know, law school in New York. One of my homies in uh, Boston now. Um, You know, we just don't get a lot of love because... Games are on super late, whatever the case may be. And it's hard for people to wrap their heads around unless, you know, one of the West Coast schools becomes a national news item like Gonzaga. Gonzaga gets a lot of pub because they just do it up there in Spokane. They just get it done. Mark Few has that team going. And matter of fact, right now, Mark Few with 11 minutes to go in the second half is up on Oklahoma. So if you are... DVR in that game. Spoiler alert. Gonzaga 66. Oklahoma 51. With 11 minutes to go in that game. So that's where we are with that. 
um, with the Pac-12 undefeated, doing it real, real big, and uh, I can't be more excited, and we'll talk about UCLA in a second. Let's get on to some other news. Here is the stat of the day for you. There are eight double-digit seeds that have moved on from the first round. I'll say that again. There were eight double-digit seeds that moved on from the first round. And we'll talk about a lot of the Cinderella's in a second. But just wrap that head, wrap your head around that. That is unusual, right? That uh, eight double-digit seeds moved on. Just food for thought. Oh, this is one of my favorite stories. My One of my favorite little things that have happened in the tournament. It's the return of Sister Jean and the Loyola of Chicago Ramblers. Sister Jean is getting it done, okay? I don't care what you say about higher power, God, whatever it is that you believe in. Here at QP Sports Exchange, we are God first always. You know what I'm saying? But Sister Jean is tapped in to the big man upstairs because Loyola is still dancing and they're part of the Sweet 16. So, shots out to Chi-Town. Shouts out to Sister Jean getting it done. That chick got a lot of moxie. I love Sister Jean. And she's real frank. She wants her team to win. She ain't trying to hear all this like, oh, we just here to show up, all this other. Nah. She got like scouting reports that she's giving the young fellas. You imagine a 101-year-old nun giving out scouting reports to 19 and 20 year old kids and they love her and we love her too i'm glad that she is part of the tournament but Loyola chicago all they did was knock off the number one seed illinois you know what i'm saying they knocked off the number one seed in their bracket boom and also in-state rival illinois so not only do you get to the sweet 16 and you are Cinderella that's still dancing. You knock off a team that's in your own state. So recruiting, love, you know what I'm saying? Sister Jean, her flexing her, her God muscles on swole, getting her team to the Sweet 16. God love it. All right, another Cinderella, maybe even more impressive, Oral Roberts University. A 15 seed took out the number two seed, Ohio State. By the way, have you seen the trend here? Big 10. Talk about two high seeds right now, and both of you are gone. Ohio State didn't even make it out of the first day, thanks to Oral Roberts University. And they weren't done there. Oral Roberts took out Florida as well. Now, here's the thing O'Bonner and, um, Abnus have combined for 113 points in two games. They getting it done. Those dudes are getting it done. And they have got themselves to the Sweet 16 as well. The Dirty Terps of Maryland. Shout out to Scott Van Pelt. That's my guy. You know what I'm saying? The Dirty Terps did in UConn. And the only reason I bring this up is because, first of all, I like Scott Van Pelt. I'm not going 
I'm not going to deny that situation. That's one of my favorite dudes to listen to. I love the Sports Center from Washington, D.C., the district, the nation's capital. And my man is from there. And they, you know, Sports Center said, yo, you a real G. You want to, you want a studio in the district? No problem, dog. We got you. He took his boy, Stanford Steve, down there. Shout out to Stanford Steve. That dude is good on making picks. I don't know if he's as good as us here at QP Sports Exchange, but he's right there. He was real hot for about, like, I want to say he was like 12 or 12 for a little while. Not just in tournament. I'm talking about in his last couple months of betting and stuff like that. But shout out to Stanford Steve and shout out to Scott Van Pelt, SVP. Love the pod. Love the pod with Rosillo. But just continue to do your thing, player. So the Dirty Terps beat UConn. And the reason why I bring this up, too, is because I really wanted to see a couple more games out of UConn guard James Bonite. And the reason why I want to say that is because the dude is electric. He's awesome. And I can't wait to see where he ends up in the draft. He might be our, our other guy. Like, we love Sharif Cooper. Shout out to Sharif. Shout out to Sharif Cooper. But James Bonite is another guy that has a chance of being really good in the NBA. He didn't have the special run that Kimball Walker had. He didn't have the special run that some of the other guards, you know what I'm saying? So he didn't have that run, but James Bonite definitely is floating, flirting with the lottery. So I wanted to see him for a couple more games, but Maryland said, nah, we ain't going to have all that. You know what I'm saying? We about this DMV life. You know what I'm saying? So, shouts out to Maryland and moving on. Buddy Ball has taken over the tournament. <laughs> the Bayheims are in the Sweet 16 again. And they're in the Sweet 16 again as a double-digit seed. Buddy Bayheim has scored 55 points in two games and... Last night, he looked at one of the guards that was guarding him and just called, he just said it. He said, I'm a bucket. You know how gangster that is? Just look at your opponent and be like, hey, dog, I'm a bucket. Stakes on the line. You know, win or go home. You know, it's a little bit different when you, you know, you out there doing a run at, like, your local Y or you're on, you know, at the beach or whatever and you trying to get some runs in. And you call yourself a bucket. You got to have that kind of bravado out in the streets, right? But my man said, yo, this is organized basketball. I'm still a bucket. I'm still getting those. I'm still getting these buckets, man. Buckets is my life. And I get them. I want there to be a reality show about the Bayheims. You imagine what that looks like? Jim Bayheim, Buddy Bayheim, the whole Bayheim brood. That's what they can call it. Bayheim Brood. Just chilling together. You got old curmudgeon Jim Bayheim talking about we're just running zone. His son is like, listen, I'm about getting buckets. You know, the wife is supportive. The other kids are, you know, probably looking at Buddy going like, why are you getting all the shine? Then we got like some quirky neighbors involved or something. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do the reality show 
the Bayheim, the Bayheim gang or the Bayheim brood, whatever. I'm going to get on some development situations to see if I can get that reality TV show. We got all these things that we can do reality TV show on, right? YouTube, Facebook Live, all that, right? I'm sure one of, one of these entities would pick me up if I developed a show, reality show with, with Jim Behan. Like, that dude looks disinterested on the sideline half the time. Great coach. Phenomenal 2-3 zone. Phenomenal players. Hall of Famer, no doubt. Already in. But sometimes, he just has his hand on his face. He's just sitting there kind of going like, I don't know. We'll, we'll 2-3 zone all day. Shout out to Syracuse. Giving... UConn the business and knocking out James Bell Knight out of the tournament. Now, we talked about the Pac-12 being undefeated. It's crazy. Oregon beat Iowa. Okay, so that's today. Oregon is now in the Sweet 16. They're doing it big. Now, Chris Duarte has played himself probably into the first round. Somewhere. I would say like late first round, early second round. But right now, that kid is getting buckets. He's doing a lot for his team. And, uh, you know, Oregon is doing it just like the rest of the Pac-12. You know what I'm saying? And the reason why I bring that up is because the Big Ten. What's going on with you guys, right? What's up? The Big Ten was supposed to be the best conference. They were actually rated the best conference in America going into the tournament. Check this out. Ohio State, gone. Illinois, gone. Wisconsin, gone. Rutgers, gone. Purdue, gone. Iowa, gone. They're all gone. All of them. The best conference in the country before we get to the Sweet 16 has had one, two... Three, four, five teams kicked out. Gone. Hmm. I don't know about best conference in in the land. I don't know. Got to prove it to me. Got to prove it. I think the lack of fans are helping some of these lower seeds, though. Because of the enormity of the tournament, usually with, you know, you have 20,000 fans or, you know, um, obviously as you get closer and closer to the dance, um, to the Final Four, you know, the, the venues become bigger. You know, 30,000, 40,000 people in the stands and stuff like that. But these lower seats are walking into gyms and it looks like a high school gym. It looks like they're comfortable. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're in a gym with maybe two, 3,000 people at most. You know, it looks like an AAU tournament for them. And they have not been scared of the higher seed. They haven't been scared of being on TV. They haven't been scared of the fans because there's not a lot of them. And you can see that the games, the ebb and flows of the games are different because the kids at North Texas, the kids at Oral Roberts, they're like, yo, we just come here to hoop. Like, what happens, happens. You know, but there's nothing else for them to get into because they're quarantined. One, so it's like go to game, get tested, go back to hotel room, watch film, 
lock in, and then play next game. You know, get tested some more, practice a little bit, go to the game. So they're not, you know, it's not like a bunch of media availability. It's not like there's fans and they're walking around and there's fans supporting them or fans from other teams getting on them or anything like that. So the lower seeds are making hay this year. Like we said earlier, eight double-digit seeds got out of the first round. So Cinderella is just dancing, and she's doing the running man. She might be doing the worm. She might be doing the cabbage patch. She might be doing all kinds of things. She might be doing the Harlem Shake. She might be doing all kinds of the Macarena. The electric slide. Cinderella is dancing. I think all these teams are hearing Whitney Houston saying, I just want to dance with somebody who loves me. I think that's what these teams are hearing in their head. And they're just having a good time playing basketball. So that's what it is. And that's where we are with that. All right. We're going to end the show with this. UCLA has, uh, they were in the play-in game. They, uh, Played Michigan State. It was a barn burner. It was going to into overtime. And there was a kid by the name of Johnny Juze. And there was a kid by the name of Jaime Hawkes Jr. Listen, the J&J boys for UCLA are doing it real, real big. Okay? Johnny Juze and Jaime Hawkes Jr., have combined in the two games for 90 points so far. And the adopted Jay brother, Jules Bernard, also in their last game against BYU, which we'll talk about in a second, has 16 crucial points. So they got past Michigan State, which is a loss they avenged in the Maui tournament a couple years back. And then they went and played BYU, and they put it to BYU as well. Johnny Juzang in the first game sprained his ankle and I thought it was I thought he was done. The way he couldn't put pressure on it, I thought he was done after the first game. My man comes back, you know what I'm saying? Comes back, drops a cool 27 on a sprained ankle, and that dude is nice. He's getting buckets. I wonder if Kentucky could use a guy who could shoot from the outside. Hmm. Hmm. Listen, Wildcat fans. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do it to you. You know I got love for the Kentucky Wildcats. You know I got love for Coach Cal. You know I got that. All right? I'm just saying, Johnny Juzang was on your squad, transferred, went to UCLA, is getting buckets for UCLA. So we thank you for the transfer, Johnny Juzang. But UCLA... That's the reason why I'm doing this pod right now, trying to get it out the way, because of the fact that UCLA is on today, and you know I'm going to be in front of that TV watching the Bruins 8-clap all day. You know how I do it. I rep UCLA always, okay? So that's where we are. You know, I'm going to be rooting for my boys, getting it done, trying to get this W so we can go on to the Sweet 16 and keep the Pac-12's undefeated streak alive. Can you imagine if all the Pac-12 teams made it to the Sweet 16? 
Man, there'll be some people upset, boy. Ooh, there'll be some people upset. But I'm looking forward to that, so I'm going to go ahead and get this signed off. It's been an absolute pleasure to do it again with you again. It's been an absolute pleasure to do this for you again. Who Questions Monday is doing it real big. And if you have a question about a team, a player, a prospect, a high school player, a prep athlete, a coach, and you want that team to be spotlighted on this award-winning podcast, all you got to do is hit your boy up on Twitter, which is QPP Network. And on Instagram, it's Question Point Pod Network. And also on Facebook. That's all you got to do. Say, yo, hey, Vince, can you talk about Kansas State? Can you talk about Wichita State and what they're looking for in recruiting? Can you talk about the University of Elon? That's in North Carolina, by the way. I'll talk about anybody. All right? Swack. I'll talk about the Deep South schools. You want to talk about Grambling State? You want to talk about Jackson State? You want to talk about Florida A&M, the Rattlers? Whatever you want to talk about, you hit your boy up. All right? This is an inclusivity podcast, and I'm all about you, and I'm all about what you want to talk about. And here's the thing. When you guys put in to the program, that means there's less for me to do. All right? I don't have to come up with topics. Less of me, more of you is a good thing. But more of me and less of you can also be a good thing because you know how I bring nothing but heat when it comes to this program and with that being said we are going to get up out of here but before that happens what i want to do is i want to hit you with this because i love it all right air horns all day that means your boy is excited he's ready to go he's ready to get into this matchup with ucla but before i do This is what I'm going to say. Again, I talked about my sister early on in the podcast. Today is 322. She would be 34 years of age today. If you're struggling with substance abuse, if you're struggling with alcohol, if you're struggling with mental health, please get help. Okay? I will bang this drum every single podcast because it means that much to me. I don't want another... I don't want another life wasted. I don't want another life taken out too early. So please get help. If you can't get help, ask somebody to help you. Okay? And like I used to say to my sister, happy birthday, sis. There's always a way back. And I'm praying for each and each and every one of you who are struggling right now with substance abuse issues and with alcohol issues you know that i i drank for 30 years so um it's a tough go 
and it got bad towards the end, and I probably should have lost my life. I didn't. I was lucky. God saved me. He put me in the Long Beach Rescue Mission. I got some incredible people that helped me turn my life around. And keeping of that, also, when I say this, is know that we have a no question about it person or entity of the week. Get your submissions in to me, Twitter, QPP Network, Question Point Pod Network, on Instagram and Facebook. QPP Network is on Twitter. I want those submissions. I want those submissions. I want them. I need them. We got to have them. It is a no question about it type situation for no question about it person or entity of the week. So, I want your input on this worthwhile shout out to whomever is going to get it. Last week on Football Friday, it was Christina Wecker Gutierrez of the Long Beach Rescue Mission. I gave her a shout out on that program. It was that easy. You know what I'm saying? It was that easy. So all you have to do is get those Twitter fingers rolling. Go to QPP Network and say, Vince, can you put my boy on or my girl on? She's doing this in the community. It doesn't have to be big. She could be reading to kids. She can be helping out the elderly. They could be helping out, um, you know, children who are less fortunate and giving backpacks away. I don't care what it is. If you're doing something positive, if you're making an impact on your community, I want that information. I want to give you a shout out. I want to use my air horn. And I want to give this type of energy every single time that we're on the air. So again, I'm going to leave you with that. And again, happy birthday to Jennifer Amanda Curran. Baby, I love you. I miss you. And I will continue to fight for those who haven't lost their life. I will continue to fight for those who are struggling in the darkness who need to find the light. I will fight until I can't fight anymore. You can tell how much this means to me. So do yourself a favor. Look out for yourself in the sense of take care of yourself. Appreciate the people who are around you. Uh, Show them that you appreciate them. Look after your neighbors. Help them out as much as you can. Talk to them. Just be an ear. Be a shoulder to cry on. And if you have it within your means. If you have it within your soul. To help out these worthwhile organizations. That are trying to get lives back on track. Like the Long Beach Rescue Mission. And Christina Wecker Gutierrez, please do so. If you have the money, please give. If you have the time, please um, volunteer. So, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. It's been a great Who Questions Monday. It's your boy Vince. I'm going to sign off now. Go Bruins. UCLA all day. A-clap all day. That's where your boy is headed. He is headed 
to the madness and you know what that means if I'm headed to the madness that means you're headed to the madness and we out let's go see ya